0: 1 Thessalonians, please. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, please. He has risen from the dead. That, that's what sets us apart from everyone else in the world. Do you understand that? Every religion, every pers- everything that anybody believes, that's what sets us apart, is that God rose from the dead. And there's only one that can say that, and that's the, that's the, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's only us, the, those that follow Him, that, say, that hold to them that can say that. Buddha's dead and gone. You understand that? All these other men that, that have been chased after, praise God for, his, for him being risen from the dead. That makes it possible. Amen and amen. First Thessalonians chapter 1 is 1153. Let's go. Buckle your seatbelts. You ready? Buckle your seatbelts. Here in 1 Thessalonians, I'll get to Scripture in just a moment. This is a letter written by Paul to the people of Thessalonica. There's a a church there, the Thessalonians. And Paul had spent only a very, very short time in the city. If you were to go back to Acts 17, and you might want to look at that later and read the historical account of what took place. The Bible says that Paul entered that city, and what did he do Anytime he entered a place? He always went to, to the Jewish temple. To the excuse me, to the uh, the synagogue in the city, right? The synagogue because he he cared about his Jewish brethren. He was he was concerned about them being saved. He wanted them to be saved. He said, "God, if you would allow me to give up my salvation so that my Jewish brothers could be saved, I would do that." He was concerned about his nation. So he went in. The Bible says here in Acts seventeen, it says that for three Sabbath days he went in and pleaded with them according to the Scriptures. In other words, he started teaching them from Old Testament Scriptures how that Christ had to come and be crucified or, or, or die for the sins of his people. He didn't, the Bible doesn't talk about crucifixion necessarily in the Old Testament, but that, that he had to come and die. And that he must raise again from the dead. The Bible says that now. And he pleaded with them and he, taught, he showed them that this Christ was in fact Jesus of Nazareth. And the Bible says after three Sabbath days that many had believed. Many had believed. There was uh, devout Greeks and it says and a great multitude of them. And then it says chief women of, uh, uh, in the synagogue there. And, and, and women of, of leadership and women uh, uh, that, that, that had been there for a while. It says not a few. Many believed. Many believed and followed after Paul and the fact that Jesus was the Christ. However, not everybody did believe. And there were a lot of Jewish people that said, we will not believe that Jesus is the Christ. And those people, it says in Acts 17, it says, the unbelieving Jews stirred up the city against Paul, Silas, and and Timothy. And what happened is, it literally says that they went and took lewd fellows of a baser sort and gathered a company. And what did they do? They started a riot. They started a riot because they, 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 uh, they couldn't defend what they believed and they were denying the truth and yet uh, they couldn't do anything about it and so they started a riot. They went to violence. And it says that uh, these lewd fellows, that just means vulgar and gross and wicked people. People that you wouldn't want to be associated with. That's what it's talking about. And that's who they turned to to, to cause a riot in the city. And, uh, and it says that they assaulted the house of Jason trying to get at Paul and Silas and Timothy. And so the Christians there, those people that had trusted Christ, quickly ushered them out, ushered Paul and, and his men away. And uh, the Bible, so it's, it's teaching us here that Paul was in this city for less than a month. Sabbath day, once a week, three Sabbath days. Right? Three Saturdays. And he was there for less than a month. Yet a church was established. Look what what he writes now. He's writing back to them after only being with them a short time. Brand new Christians. And he's trying to pastor them or to grow them, to teach them through a letter that God would turn into Scripture. Look what he says. Verse 1 of chapter 1. Paul "...knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake." Verse 6, "...and ye became followers of us, and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Ghost." so that ye were in samples to all them that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. Look at the last two verses now of this chapter. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols... To serve the living and true God. And to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. God, be glorified, please, and help me to preach exactly what you want in this short time that we have remaining. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. In Thessalonians here, he's writing a letter to brand new Christians in a church that he was only at this place he was only at for a, for a few weeks. And notice what he's saying in chapter 1 here. Did you catch what he's saying? He's saying he, he's praising God for these people who, have got, who, who he, he's giving thanks for the people and he's praising God over them. He, secondly, he's saying, I remember often how you got saved and you got saved in much affliction. There were people trying to get us and yet people were coming to Christ. For some reason, God grows his church and grows his people so much greater under, under persecution. I don't understand that. You look at churches in, in China that are underground and all that and they're booming. And yet us that have such freedom in America, we don't even want to come to church. I don't understand all that. The uh, Bible says in the end of Genesis, in the beginning of Exodus, how, how that uh, under, under the t- tyranny of Pharaoh, God's people greatly grew in number. Don't comprehend all that, but God does these things. Notice he's praising God for these people. He's remembering how they got saved in much affliction. And he's encouraging them to press on. As as your pastor this morning, as I gave the State of the Church Address, and we're about out of time here, I I wanted to tell you what I want for this year. This is not my vision night. I'm asking you to be here tonight. I want to take what I talked about today and I want to put it very practically down where the rubber meets the road and how we're going to accomplish these things tonight at Vision Night. I'm asking you to be here. I'm going to preach to you my heart of what God has given me for this next year, specifically, practically, uh, the theme of the year. And then I'm going to hand you a calendar and we're going to go through the calendar and, and show you how that makes sense. How, how what God is doing practically to make that, those, these things happen. Okay, and so I'm asking you to pray over it. I'm asking you to be back tonight for vision night. But right now, what I want to do this year, maybe you'd call this state of the pastor address. We had state of the church address. Maybe this is, this is your pastor, state of, the, state of the pastor address. And again, I told you I'm not resigning, so don't get scared. Okay? But this is what I want this year. This is what this is what I read out of 1 Thessalonians here, and Paul is, is saying to his people. And I've told you this on small settings already this past year. I've told you uh, in, in small groups to some of the staff and some of the others what I want. Uh, what, what, what kind of my mission statement is. What God's putting in my heart for this place. But this is what I want to do this year. Let me give it to you very quickly. You ready? Exalt the Savior. Evangelize the sinner. And edify the saint. Let me explain that to you in just a minute. But Exalt the Savior. Evangelize the sinner. And edify the saint. That's, that's my purpose. That's what I want. I want God to help me to do that more this year. Let me explain that in a little bit of detail and then we'll, we'll, we'll be finished. Exalt the Savior. Colossians chapter 1 says that in all things... You know it, church. Often, often you read these verses. You hear it quoted. That in all things... He might have the preeminence. What does that mean? That means first place. That means Lord of my life. That means He's on the throne and I recognize that. That God, whatever I do, may it bring glory to you. Uh, I quote often 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. That's what I want to do this year. Greater than I have in any other year of my life. I I want to put Him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Here it is, church. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's about my God. I want to exalt the Savior this year. Practically, from this pulpit, I want to exalt the Savior. In that office right over there, through the week, I want to exalt the Savior. When I'm dealing with my children and loving on them or even disciplining them, I want to exalt my Savior when I'm talking with my wife or when I'm handling things with the staff or when I'm meeting with the deacons when I'm out soul winning, I want to exalt the Savior because He gets first place secondly I want to evangelize the sinner what does that mean? I was going to take you to 1 Corinthians 15 I was going to read to you about what the gospel really is If to evangelize means to give the gospel you understand that you and I can't save anybody I cannot save anybody What I can do is I can point them to the one that can save them. And the Bible says that I'm supposed to evangelize the sinner. I put it in that word so it made sense and break down. I don't do that very often, but some E's and S's there for you to remember. Okay, God just gave that to me and I praise God for it. Evangelize the sinner. To evangelize means to give the gospel. I want to do that more this year. You know what the Bible says. You understand that it says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. When Paul, when he was talking to the Corinth people and, and the, the Corinthians were comparing themselves among themselves and, uh, and he says, would you quit with this, this comparison? He says, some say you're a Paul and others say you're of, you're of Peter and you're, others say you're of Apollos. He said, I, let me quote it here. He, he says to him, he says, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. In other words, he says, I don't want to be, I don't need to be the man standing in the tank and showing everybody, look who I got saved. Okay, that's not what, that's not the purpose and all that. I'm not trying to downgrade, uh, and, and Paul wasn't trying to downgrade baptism. But baptism doesn't save you. The gospel, according to Jesus Christ, and what the gospel is in 1 Corinthians 15, is the fact that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. It says it very clearly. That's what the gospel is. Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. And because he did that, he can save your soul. My job is to preach the gospel. My privilege and my responsibility is to preach the gospel. Lord, help me to do it more this year. That as I'm, as I'm going through a drive through that I would think, is that person saved? I can hand a track. I can't hold everything up. I can't ask them to quit working under, the, under their boss and under their on-the-clock. But I can hand him a track and say, would you write, read this later when you have a break? As I, as I desire to be, uh, get pla- uh, the Lord to be pleased with me, may I go soul and faithfully. I mean, literally saying, God, I'm going out for you to use me and lead me to somebody that needs the truth. And I'm going to knock on some doors and give the gospel. And I'm going to go down to the gas station and talk to somebody and give the gospel. And I'm going to call somebody up on the phone and talk to somebody and give them the gospel. I've had the privilege of leading somebody to Christ over the phone. Can you believe that? The technology that God has given us that Paul never had? Praise God for that. Thirdly, edify the saint. What does that mean? You know what a saint is? You would never believe this. This is hard to comprehend. This guy right here is a saint. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about Brother Rubio right here. This guy's a saint. The Bible calls those that have been saved, those that are born again, saints. A lot of the world calls themselves Christians. I think one-third, 33% of the world calls themselves Christians, but a lot of them aren't saved. Being saved makes you a saint. And God says that we are to edify the saints. Let me give you some scripture real quick. Well, First, it says to edify. It says to instruct. That word edify means to instruct or to benefit. To uplift. I'm not to come down. uh, I'm not to come to church and tear everybody down. I'm to uplift them. I'm to encourage them. That's what Mrs. Cain does for me. Every time I see her, she uplifts me. She encourages me. Many of you do the same and uh, understand that. The Bible says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. All right? Go, go with you. You're in Thessalonians. Go to chapter 5 here. Look at what the Bible says. Chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians 5. And notice in verse 11, please. Just a couple pages over. Verse 11. The Bible says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And we beseech you, brethren... To know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. You know what the church is? It's not a place of entertainment. There's folks in here that are sitting here this morning that you're saved and you haven't got baptized and joined the church. Or some of you are saved and baptized, you're not joined the church. The church is a place not to be entertained. It's a place to be a part of and serve. And how do you serve a church? You get part of it. Say, I'll put my name in the book. I'll I'll, I'll be a part of this group of people so I can serve and I can move forward with the church together. Let's do it together. Why? Because we're to edify one another. The body of Christ is to help each other. We're members. Jesus is the head and we're members of that body. And we're to do it together in unity and edify one another. Uplift one another. Seems like all the world wants to tear people down these days. Let's be encouraging folks. Look at this. I'm giving you hope. You see this? There's your hope right there. This is what God wants me to do this year exalt the Savior, evangelize the sinner, and edify the saint. And I'm asking you, church, if you're behind that and you, you, would, you would say, I'll do that, would you stand with me? I'll do that this year. Would you stand with me? Let's do this together, church. We had the State of the Church Address, where we're at, well, this last year is done. I'm asking you this year, let's put a theme behind this, this mission statement, if you will. This is your pastor's heart, this mission statement of John Woolard right here. And I'm asking you, putting it down on paper, let's make it part of the church. Let's make it the mission statement of the church that we move forward to exalt the Savior, to evangelize the sinner, and to edify the saint. You with me? Maybe you're here today and you're not saved. Evangelize a sinner is an important part of that. Why do we preach the gospel? Why did Jesus come to die, to be buried, and to raise again? So you can be saved. Do you need to get saved today? Now's your time. Now's your chance. God says today is a day of salvation. And I'm going to give an invitation. I'm going to ask our church family to get behind this thing, this mission statement of what I want this year. And ask you to pray and and work that way. But I wonder if somebody's in here this morning. And you don't know for sure. If you died today what would happen. You just don't know. And I ask you to consider that. Hear the gospel. Again. Jesus died. Was buried. And rose again. For your soul. Do you need to be saved? Let's bow together. Lord use us now. In this time. To give, bring you glory. To exalt you, the Savior, in our personal lives. Lord, I ask you, please, to help us to evangelize the sinner. To, Lord, give the gospel and ask people the questions about heaven and hell and about eternity. And do they know for sure, God, that we'd be soul winners this year. That I would be, my as, as the pastor, I need to do this more and more and more. I pray you'd help me to do that. I pray there be some people in here that are standing now that said, I want to do that. I'll get behind this thing and let's do it together as a church. And I pray, God, please, that you'd allow us as church family to edify one another, to encourage one another. How are we going to do that, Lord, if we're not present in the church? How are we going to do that? How are we going to edify one another if we don't even show up for church? Lord, I pray that you convict me right now to be more faithful and to be more committed to, to not missing services. Lord, I know I'm the pastor, but sometimes I don't feel like it. God, I pray that you would help me and change, the, change those desires of my heart that I'd want to be here all the time, every time the doors are open. And that includes, Lord, when the church meets for soul winning. Lord, help me to be faithful. I pray, God, you would work on my heart and work on other hearts this morning. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm going to ask Mrs. Williams to start playing.